And now, it's the Ed and Bob Show, number 162. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We've talked a whole night through. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. To you. Good morning. And you and you and you. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to stay up late. Bum, bum, bum. Well, uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good uh, anything it might be. We're glad you're with us. It's the Ed and Bob Show. I'm Bob. And that guy right there, the, the good-looking guy over there, that's Ed Brantley, ladies and gentlemen. Smile, I'm Ed. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we, uh, here we are into June. As you said, summer is upon us, like it or not. And boy, it's been getting warm quick, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You uh, do you still go out and do do you uh, <clears throat> get out, you know, outside, or do you try to stay in more as it starts heating up into the nineties? Well, you know, I I like to sit out on the porch a lot, mm -hmm. and uh, but when it gets to real hot and the sun's right on you, you can't do that. So it, no. it's uh, you know, I'm just kind of a porch guy. I like to sit out on the porch. I don't like driving a lot when it's real hot. You know, people get furious. They get, you can see them getting upset. And plus, mm -hmm. in my neighborhood, there's not a lot of construction going on, so it's pretty quiet. So it's nice. Okay. Well, I, I put one of those. Fridays. Uh, what, what happens on Fridays? The lawnmowers get here. All the Mexicans oh. driving their trucks. And, <laughs> I mean, everybody's getting their lawn mowed at the same time. You got all those blowers, you know. <laughs> You know, there was some in uh, in Los Angeles. They had when I lived there. They had a law they passed that you couldn't have certain kind. <clears throat> you couldn't have a uh, leaf blower that went over a certain decibel. Oh my! I mean, only in L.A. could they pass a law like that. Yeah. Well, the ones around here sound like Harley Davidson motorcycles. <laughs> I mean, they are loud. Yeah. You can't. You can't uh, talk while that stuff's going on. No. You do. You do hand signals. Yeah, yeah. That's right. well, we are uh, at the Ed and Bob Show. We're glad you're with us. We got a lot to talk about. It's uh, June, and this is number 162. And, and I think we're going to have a fun show because this is going to be far different than any other show we've done. Because Ed and I are not medical professionals, but we've uh, we pretend to be them uh, on on radio, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> We um, tell everybody, well, well, we let people cuss open, didn't we, Ed? Yes, we did. You know, we both had back trouble. I know a lot of you people listening have back trouble. Yeah. And yeah. so we took, we bought it. Let's see, we, we took the bullet and we decided to do it. Because I've always heard, do, do not ever have back surgery because you'll be ruined for life. Yep. Well, I've heard that a million times. And, and that's not true. But at, at any rate, it's... Uh, you get a good doctor, and you get it done, and get over with, and get back. So, well, we'll talk about it coming up on the show today. Right now, let's get into some news. You got any news you want to talk about? Well, June sixth is D Day. You know what D Day was, don't you? D Day. That's the day we invaded um, uh, Normandy Beach and all that. Yeah, is that correct? It. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. How many? I mean, that was. Um, that's like the largest. Um, multi-nation assault on a country ever, isn't it? 156,000 troops from the United wow. States, Great Britain, and Canada stormed five beaches 
And, wow. uh, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing. So it's, that's, pretty, that's a lot of people to get together to go to a beach. <laughs> well, and uh, really let's is. see, it said 4,000 Allied troops died. Yeah. 2,000 um, were Americans. Uh, and they're, you know, buried. they're buried over there. Have you been over there? No, I haven't. I wish I, I always wanted to go. You know, I've seen, uh, I think the, one of the best movies that talks about that maybe at the end was uh, Saving Private Ryan. Uh, but there's been a lot of movies about D-Day. And, and um, you know, when um, uh, Spielberg did the movie there on the uh, beach, Saving Private Ryan, when they landed, that was the most realistic thing. And I'm watching a movie and I was almost like, holy cow. Yeah. I don't want to be there. And can, and I, and, um, you know, I've met people, you and I've interviewed and had people on the radio with us in the past who survived that. And it was a terrible thing. Yeah, that's true. I just, I mean, I, I, I don't know, you, you'd want to hope that you have the courage to do something like that. But I guess at that point, it was either do everything you can or be killed. Yeah, you really had no choice. Once you got on that landing craft, it was about it. <laughs> it was over. <laughs> there was only one way off, and that was hit the beach. You know, um, a friend of mine and, and ours, uh, uh, John Staley, his dad was, uh, he stormed the beach at Normandy. And he, um, he said when he was in that uh, or a troop thing or whatever you call those things, landing crafts, <clears throat> he said, you're packed in there. And he said he weighed 125 pounds. And he said the backpack all of them had on was, was weighed 75 pounds. Good grief. How can you maneuver on the beach and try to avoid being killed with 75 pounds on your back? And I said, I asked him, I said, were you afraid of being shot? And his response was, no. And, and, and I said, well, and he said, no, that's not me being you know, courageous. He said, because I was terrified I was going to drown. Oh, yeah. Because he said when he was coming off that thing, it was over their heads. Mm. And he said when they started trying to swim to the beach, there were people floating around him that had not been shot. They drowned because mm. they had that 75-pound backpack on their back. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So, I mean, that generation, you know, you hear about the, the greatest generation. Some of the things those people did... I don't know that the, the, the current generations could do that because some of those kids are what, 17, 18, 19 yeah, years old? That's right. That's true. My hat's off to them. And somewhere in heaven, there's a, a very special place for people with that kind of courage and what they sacrificed. So anyway. All right. Let's uh, move along here. You got some other news or anything else you want to talk about or add about D-Day? Have you heard about monkeypox? Just barely. Um, so is this something I need to go get a shot for? Well, no, they're probably to give you one. But it's my understanding, what I've read about it, is this thing is not even as bad as a cold. It's, it, it goes away real quickly, and, and no one's ever died from it or anything like that. So, but it is monkeypox. It sounds terrible. It, really it does. does. It does. God. Monkeypox. But, uh, and it will spread like crazy. So it'll be everywhere and people will go nuts, of course, but uh, it's gonna be all over the United States. It'll be all over the world, probably. 
but it doesn't last very long and in a few days it's over with and that's it but it, it'll be interesting they'll it won't if, if the medical community have anything to do with it it won't last a few days it'll last years you know yeah so and that's or if that's, you make money off of it that's right that's right and and president biden sounds the alarm on monkeypox he oh, said he really <laughs> yeah he says everybody should be concerned well that's not true I'm concerned about the flu. Yeah, me too. I, no one has the flu. Have you they don't have one? time. They're too busy worrying about everything else and, and Dr. Oh. Fossey. Yeah. <laughs> who's making more than the president, but that's another story. So, yeah. so monkeypox, how do we catch that? Is that through the air or is that by oh, touching it, people it, or something? Well, it, no, it's pretty, it, I guess it's through the air. And once it starts, it, it, it kind of ends itself. It doesn't last very long. And, it's, and the effects are not bad, evidently, but what I've read. So we'll see, but we'll see if that changes in a week or so. so Good grief. Yeah. Well, you know, anything to drive stock market down. Yeah, it's already down, buddy. <laughs> Have you not looked at that lately? Oh, is it down? Oh, is it down? <laughs> you know, some of these things going on just amazing. You know, food costs are at all-time high. Gas yeah. is unbelievable, right? Yeah, oh, my God. Housing is unbelievable. Many people can't find an apartment or a house or anything, and then if they find one, they can't afford it. The stock market's down. The southern border is wide open. They're just, I mean, they don't even close the gate down there anymore. It's just wide open. So it, it I mean, what's going on? Did the Democrats do this to us, Bob? Well, I think some of the policies didn't help. Um, I, I do believe that um, with what's going on, if prices, the way, the, you know, we've got, it, it's like Jimmy Carter's back in the presidency in, in a lot of ways. You know, here's, I don't want to make a big, long story out of it, but Jimmy Carter was a very intelligent guy who got elected, and he had nobody that he knew in Washington and therefore couldn't get anything done. Everything went to hell in a handbasket. And Joe Biden knows everybody, but he's never done anything because he's never had a job in 37, 38 years but being yeah. elected. So yeah. I, don't think, I don't think he's got the ability to understand the economics. And um, I think if you don't surround yourself with people that do, um, then you're, you're going to wind up in a hole that you see going right now. Um, and, and he just seems to be making uh, mistakes left and right. Now, whether you're Democrat, Republican, whatever, you can't be thrilled with his presidency so far. I mean, just can't. Yeah. And I, chance of him being reelected, I think, are dwindling every day. Oh, so, I think it's nil numb. I don't think well, there's any chance. Well, you may be right. Uh, but I think, oh. um, Ed, that I'm hoping that with uh, the way the economy is, people, because I don't understand people that don't want to work. The workforce has quit. So mm -hmm. if people are going to need money, they need to get back to work. And a lot, I think a lot of these jobs are going to start being filled. And I'll give you a great example. Uh, I know for a fact that in the, during the pandemic, like travel nurses was a big thing. Nurses could, could sign a 13-week contract to go to some state or some city or whatever hospital, and they were making like, uh, I mean, fifty thousand dollars a month. Mm. Fifty thousand a month. Mm. So in thirteen weeks, they're gonna make one hundred fifty thousand dollars ballpark. Mm -hmm. And so, just in the last few weeks, because I'm helping people with some of this, uh, that has dropped significantly, and the. 
and a lot of the hospitals that used to have, you know, 250 nurses in a department are now finding that they can do it with 150. So a lot of these nurses, the demand is not what it was. And a lot of the nurses, uh, the salaries are coming down. And these people are doing this travel nurses, $50,000 a month. That's going away. And a lot of these nurses are now trying to find jobs. And this long-winded answer I'm giving you is, to me, means I think a lot of other people are going to be in the same boat and say, I better get back to work. This government mm -hmm. stuff is not going to last because the government's going to run out of the money the way it's going. Uh, you can't tax people that aren't making any money. Nope. I mean, money's got to come from somewhere. <laughs> so. Yep. People get to back to work. So anyway, uh, where are we? We're so lost. I don't know where. We're still in the news, aren't we? Okay. Yeah. Let me tell okay. you about a man. This, this, okay. This was a this was a biochemist. His name. I okay. think I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Owades. It, okay. It's O W A D E S. But mm -hmm. he he died in 2005. But he turned centuries of brewing know-how upside down back in the 1960s. He developed a revolutionary process for brewing full-flavored beer with fewer carbohydrates and calories. Light Ooh. beer is what we call it. Yeah. Yeah, tastes great, less filling. That's the thing for Miller Lite. And, sure. And I mean, it's amazing. Well, today, light beer accounts for about 40% of all beer consumed across the nation. Wow. And it all comes down to that one man. Just, you know, you gotta find your niche. You know, <laughs> well, he did. It, 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 whatever you're yeah. selling, if you can make you, you separate you from everybody else, you know, there you go. Well, he now in America and America boasts more than 9,000 craft breweries today. And it's crazy. I was in a sports bar the other day, you know, you remember the time we used to be like five drafts they'd have and that'd yeah. be a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I was in there, I was looking across the thing there at the guy, they had 40 different <laughs> draft handles, you know, where they go, 40, Good grief. 40 different beers. I don't oh. even remember all of them. Oh, wow. So I don't know. It's everything's flavored and all that stuff. And I don't get it. I just stick with the basic stuff. I guess I'm old, old school, old or something. Yeah. Yeah, so. that's true. All right, let's move along here. Can we do that? Yeah, we can. Unless you got some other news you want to jump in with? Nope, I think that's fine. Uh, All right, you know, tell everybody what uh, the topic of the day is, and you got a sponsor. Both uh, Bob and I both have back surgery recently, and we're going to tell you what it was like and and uh, whether you should avoid it or not. <laughs> so okay. anyway, I want to tell you about uh, what's going on at Weigel's. It's, uh, it's amazing. They're, they're having their 90th celebration this month. 90 years in business. Mm. That's pretty good. Oh, and their amazing. newest location is on Highway 153. That's in Hickson, Tennessee, which we call Chattanooga. I mean, Hickson is really Chattanooga. Mm -hmm. 5875. And I'm, I'll bet you they'll take over that market pretty quickly. But uh, Weigel's is family owned, operated for over 90 years, having their 90th anniversary. And I know we appreciate you folks stopping in at Weigel's. You stop there every day for coffee, for food, whatever you're looking for, and of course, gasoline. And, uh, you know, and, and gas is competitively the price, but that's, it is what it is. So I'm not going to get in the gas situation, but they have a, they have a new flavored milk this month. It's called lemon cookie milk. And, 
<laughs> and I love lemon cookies. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. I love them. So I'm going to get this milk this week and try it out, okay? That sounds been, good to me. Hesitant. Yeah, it sounds good, doesn't it? All right, Weigel's. They had they had a, a peanut butter milk, which I thought was incredible. You remember that? That was a couple of months ago. Yeah, uh, all right, Ed and I, um, our lives, we've heard, don't ever have back surgery because you'll be made crippled for life. It, don't ever do it. Golly, everybody does that. They just they're just ruined for the rest of their lives. So that's been beat into my head and Ed's head forever. Yeah. Well, and then all of a sudden, um, Ed and I find ourselves with various problems, a little bit different from one another, but we still had, end up having both of our backs operated on, which, um, you know, could scare the hell out of anybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, surgery scares the hell out of you. So, uh, Ed, you want to give everybody a little background on what you went through, and then I can kind of share mine? Okay. Well, uh, I had been to a lot of doctors over the last few years, you know, because of uh, uh, chronic illness and other things. But one of the one of the problems that I had, I had, I would go to sleep at night and I would wake up in the middle of the night with my legs cramping, just terribly, terribly, both of them. I couldn't sleep. It just went on and on and on. I couldn't find any relief whatsoever. So anyway, we did this MRI and this, this good doctor I mean, the other doctors looked at it, but they couldn't find anything. This doctor looked at it, and he says, well, I know what your problem is. He said, inside your spine, there is a canal, and your canal is like a, it's like closed up in the nerves. It's closing up on the nerves, and it's not as wide as it's supposed to be, so we need to go in there and open it up. And I said, well, you mean surgery? And he said, yeah, we'll put mm -mm. a couple of screws in there and fix it up, <laughs> and it scared me to death. Yeah, I had to. I had to do something. I couldn't live like that. I just couldn't. Live. I couldn't sleep. It's awful. So anyway, we did. It was a real, real short surgery. The uh, and and you know, and I'm re I'm recovered. So it's it's our recovering. And it. I don't know if you ever really recovered from something like that, but but I've, I'm learning to do things that I had to do before when I had uh, hip surgery. So you know, it's it's kind of. A, process going back but i am so happy that i did it because i can sleep like a baby <laughs> wow well let me ask you so, a question when yeah. when uh, you first started having symptoms and problems and stuff <clears throat> and and you you couldn't get any doctor to kind of nail down what it was right mm, right and then uh when you heard well this thing in your spine is closing in on your sciatic nerve i guess um and and didn't you think? Well, wait a minute. No, it's my legs. That's what we're talking about. Not not my back. My back right. doesn't hurt. Right. What was your initial thoughts on that? Well, my initial thoughts were were that I couldn't understand how it affected that, and and um, it, it just. But it did, and and. Um, and they actually showed me pictures of it. And I went to a lot of doctors and I've had MRIs and everything and no one found this except this one doctor. Wow. So what I'm saying to people, don't give up, don't take it for, you know, keep going till you find, find somebody who can help you. So, and then you know, this was a neurosurgeon and he operated and then 30 <clears throat> minutes later, you know, it's a, it's a, it is a process to recover though. Now I understand, Bob, you got up the next day and you were out walking because your wife got you out of bed. Is that true? Well, not exactly, but, but <laughs> not exactly, but not I'll exactly tell you, I, I'll tell you this, uh, um, 
I, I can remember the moment, the moment when it started because the next day, uh, you and I went out to dinner with our wives. Mm -hmm. And I sat there across from the, the table and I said, you know, something weird's going on. Both my, my feet are getting numb. Yep. You remember me telling you that? I do. And I thought it was a circulation thing. Something's going on in circulation. Um, you know, maybe I got a small blood clot or something going on. And then it started getting worse. Um, and then uh, my wife and I were supposed to f fly somewhere and we were on the way to the airport and I got to where I couldn't sit in the seat. Yeah. I pulled over at a Weigel's, <laughs> uh, coincidentally. And, uh, I said, dear, I can't drive. I can't go. I can't do anything. I think I probably need to go home. I said, do you have any pills, medicine, whatever? And of course my wife had a pharmacy in her pocketbook. <laughs> and I think she gave me an oxycodone and a, uh, and a Xanax. And I, I said, give them both to me. I took them both at once. And I was able, I couldn't drive anymore, but she drove to the airport and we got on a plane and, I, and by then it started hitting me and I was able to sit in the seat and, and I, I got to Charlotte, slept in a chair for two and a half hours. Mm. And then uh, I was okay. And, and so when we got back to Knoxville, went to see a doctor, had, had uh, x-rays and then um, said, you know, you may have something wrong, blah, 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 you know, we'll do an MRI, like you were talking about. So I did an MRI, and uh, they said, we're going to do it on your back. I said, no, my, it's my leg. I, my, my leg from the knee down was numb. I felt like somebody was grabbing my calf, like you were talking about cramping. Right, yeah. And then yeah. somebody was pinching on my Achilles tendon, right, the, the base of my foot. Pinching right. it, just pinching it hard all the time. And you're right. In the middle of the night, I'd lay there and I couldn't, I couldn't roll over and it hurt so bad because my legs were cramping and right. just numb and hurt. And it just, I mean, I'd yell out in pain. Exactly. That's exactly right. Cause they, and and my wife, just, yeah. Just grab you. Yeah. It, it's a weird feeling. And, and so I'm sitting there, he wants to MRI my back. And I said, no, it's my legs killing me. And he said, just, you know, trust me on this. So we did it. He said, you got a herniated disc. The stuff in the disc in between, you know, in the spine had ruptured and it was coming out and pushing up against the sciatic nerve. Mm. So uh, I'd heard don't ever have back surgery. Um, terrible idea. But you could try a bunch of stuff. And even the doctor said, hey, you know, back surgery may not help you. He said, you know, you should try physical therapy. I tried decompression where they stretch you out, hoping they would suck some of that stuff back in the disc. I tried electronic stimulation where they kind of shock you over 15 minutes constantly. That was a lot of fun. Holy crap. Um, and I did um, all sorts of stretching and exercises and blah, blah, blah. And so after 12 weeks, I just, I said, I couldn't take it anymore. I, I said, this, this, I'm losing my mind. I'm going to lose my mind. I don't care if they chop me open, whatever the hell they do, just do something because all this other crap wasn't working. So I had, I got it scheduled and then I got scared and I canceled it. Oh yeah. I canceled it. My, and, oh, uh, well, you know, you, it's scary. Yeah, it is. You have your back cut open. Are you kidding me? Um, and so I, after a week I called back and rescheduled it. 
and I was nervous about it the whole time, you know. And then the moment you go in there, and you know, you take all your clothes off, do this, and you're sitting there, and they're already got the the IV going in your arm and everything, and you realize this is happening. I'm still not sure at that point. I, I was thinking, you know, I could still cancel. Uh, did you have those second thoughts? No, I didn't. Once I got going, I couldn't stand it anymore. I mean, it, it either kill me or fix yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, that's what I was down to. I and felt it, the same way. I said, just yeah. do something to me. I can't, I can't take this anymore. And it's amazing that both of us had similar things. And I wasn't diagnosed the same, but we had the same type of uh, symptoms uh, on our legs and our feet. And it, it just, and besides, I was still in therapy from a broken hip and a replaced hip. Mm. And whenever I would go to the therapist to have that worked on, it would just kill me because my back uh. was so bad because they didn't realize it. But what they were doing, they were they were working against what was going on in my spine, making and it I'd, worse. Yeah, making it worse. And I'd leave there and just crawl back to the car. I mean, I couldn't uh. stand up hardly. Uh. So it was and, and no. And they, they thought I was a wimp, you know, as they said, wait, come on, you can do better than that. But it, hey. there was more going on. So. I just, you know, I, I sat in there. Uh, how, how long was your surgery? Well, I was over there sitting with your wife. Your surgery was about a couple of hours, wasn't it? I think so, from the time they started. <clears throat> they, um, he was just going to go in and clean up my stuff that had come out of the desk and then sew me up. Uh, and I, mine was going to last, I think, 40 minutes, is what they said. So he got in there and cut me open, and uh, he saw that a bone spur, where the, you know, as you get older, and there's people out there, you see a great point a minute ago, people out there listening to us right now, they're having some of the same symptoms. My, my foot's numb, my toes are numb, things like that. And it's going to go back to L4, L5, right around the L5, where you're, you know, like the L5 was the left side and was my left leg. And... Um, um, Anyway, he got in there, and we all had these bone spurs that were the the bones try to help you, and they're, they're the bone spurs grow until you don't want them to connect to each other. Um, but he had he got in there, and he was just going to sew that up, and then he saw bone spur pushing up against the sciatic nerve. So he said in his mind, he said, "Well, I can still sew him up and get out of this, but this is going to push up against." that sciatic nerve, and he's not going to get relief. I'm already inside his spine. We might as well start working on it. And so he spent two hours or so cutting that bone spur out. Yeah. And, you know, you and I, you remember when you came out and you didn't have any voice because people don't realize <laughs> yeah. they put that tube down your throat. Right, yeah. And your voice talking like this. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, you know. You remember that, or did it not affect you? I do. No, I remember. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't talk for a week, normal. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, I came out of there. I was nauseated, and it, the surgery had gone longer. I was the last person in recovery, and the nurses wanted me to get the hell out of there because <laughs> they, they wanted to go home. Right. So they're trying to get me to put my clothes on and all this stuff and put me in a wheelchair and roll me out of that damn place and... And I'm thinking I'm going to throw up constantly, but made it home. Now, the next day I did stand up and had the walker. When did you first stand up? 
I mean, he had to stand up to get in the car, but you know. Yeah, I, st I stood up uh, the same day as surgery. I stayed. Mm. I stayed in the hospital for two days. Mm. Uh, my my physician says we're not going to send you out of here yet. We're going to keep you here so we can medicate you and and uh, make sure you're no, all right. So no bumpy nice. car ride home after a spine surgery. Nope. It was fun. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Oh my God! <laughs> uh, I'd be yelling, my wife, slow down. We're going over all these bumps. <laughs> You're killing me. But did, now, I still feel that spot in my back. Do you still feel it? Yes, I do. It's, it's, yeah. I don't know when that goes away. I'll be glad when it does. Uh, but, boy, sitting up, the hardest thing was sitting up in bed after you've been laying down for me. Mm -hmm. What about you? What was the toughest... Well, the toughest thing for me, I think, was learning to walk again. And mm -hmm. it, it just, and it just, you know, I'd been through that process after my hip surgery, after my new hip, and it just, it just infuriated me that I had to do it again. But I'm doing a lot better now, and it, it, it makes it a lot better. But it, it that was hard for me. I, I, I tend to uh, uh, have bad moments sitting on the side of the bed. Mm. Uh, and, um, and I'm I'm learning to walk, not drag my foot or things, and walk walk right. So, it's it's a process. Well, he it told is. me he said, um, you know, either lay down or stand up or walk. Don't sit. Mm -hmm. Oh. And you don't realize how much of every day you sit until they say, mm -hmm. don't sit. Am I right? Mm -hmm. That's right. Absolutely. I think sitting hurts more than anything else. Yeah, and, the, I, and, what, and what you're sitting on hurts more than anything else, too. Isn't it weird? It's just yeah. um, like I, I was watching a ball game in a sports bar the other day, Tennessee baseball game, and uh, everybody else sitting in the chair there, and I'm standing up, and they said, what the hell are you standing up for? I said, but you don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, it felt better to have it you know, straight instead oh, of squ squishing yeah. in because when you sit, the front part of your desk toward your stomach is push, pinching in, and the back is being stretched up. Mm. And, and, and as Ed and I've learned in physical therapy, you don't want that. No. So no, you don't. Now I can't take physical therapy right now, not until the doctor releases me from the surgery. But I'm going to go back and and, uh, and yeah, I got that. I got three more weeks. He said before I would yeah. he would think about releasing me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, well, we'll see. All right, anything else we need to add about this, or have we beat it to death? We beat it to death, Bob. We're going to be all have, right, though. Do you have any advice for people that are sitting there, uh, they, I mean, my leg's numb, my left leg's numb, my right leg's numb? Uh, you know, I, I, what would your advice be? Well, I think the advice is, is go to go see a neurosurgeon I, I, or see a specialist. I would yeah. not just go with a regular family doctor because or the family doctor may be able to help you. But but what they're going to do, they're going to prescribe pain pills. Uh, and then when those run out, you're still going to have the problem. You're going to have yeah. the same thing. So it it uh, you got to get it fixed. And if, if somebody says, I can't find anything wrong with you, then go somewhere else. There is something wrong. That's the greatest mean. advice right there. If, yeah. if somebody says, I don't know what it is, go find somebody else. Yeah, Until you true. find that person that really is going to look and come up with an answer. And maybe I it'll take it, more than one MRI. 
I think we're both lucky that we were found. We were able to find people who could help us, though. Yeah, that's true. Well, All your right, wife's buddy. a nurse, and um, and my son's involved in you know surgeries and stuff every day. So I think that probably gave us a little bit of an edge. All right, Ed, tell everybody what's uh, coming up, and I got a sponsor. All right, let's see. We're going to get into the mailbox, and we're going to go to, uh, oh, my gosh, we got complaints and all kinds of good things coming up. Bob, who's your sponsor? Hey, buddy, it's Ben Lucky because I like to be lucky, or uh, I like being lucky, but this is Ben Lucky, B-I-N Lucky. This is a store like none other. Uh, on Wednesday and Thursday, they get all these things in that will return to to Lowe's or Amazon or Home Depot or places where when you people bought something, say, oh, that's not what I want, send it back. It's all brand new stuff, but they it's wholesaled out. And p places like Ben Lucky buys it in bulk. I'm talking about bulk, like a tractor trailer full of stuff. And they do not know what's coming in till the moment they open up that truck and it starts coming in. And it's all brand new. They put it in the bins. And what they do is they open up on Friday, every Friday, everything in the store is $7. And uh, I, I bought stuff in there worth $30 for seven bucks. On Saturday, it drops down to $5. Sunday, $3. On Monday, everything's a dollar. And if anything is left on Tuesday, it's only 50 cents. Wednesday and Thursday, they restock and do it all over again. And you say, Bob, where in the heck is this store? It's at 4426 Middlebrook Pike right across from that big KUB substation. So get on in there, save some money. Um, boy, a lot of people do. You know, a lot of people have these, uh, what do they call them, Ed? Uh, um, uh, eBay stores. Right. They go in there and buy this stuff for like pennies on the dollar, and then they put it for sale on eBay. Wow. For, for half of what it normally was, but twice what they paid for it, and they make money that way. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. So it's get them by there. All right, Ed, let's open the mailbox up. All right, here we go. Janice down in New Orleans. Uh, Janice says, have you ever been to New Orleans? What's your favorite bar in the French Quarter, Bob? <laughs> you know, I've only been to, the, uh, to New Orleans one time, and I was 16. Oh, well, that, that, that takes you out. I've been to New Orleans one time, and I was, I was there for a business meeting. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, and I did go to a bar, and I've never seen this before in my life, but when we walked in the bar, you actually walked between two legs. There was a woman standing up there. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm serious. <laughs> oh, my God. Of course, okay. I, I, I tried not to look. I don't really <laughs> Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, when I went at 16, it was me and a buddy of mine. Uh, we had, we decided to drive over to New Orleans. Uh, we were at the beach, and first of all, I don't know why in the world parents would let a 16-year-old go to Florida by himself and then uh, drive in his own car and then drive on over to New Orleans. Does that make any sense? No, it of course, doesn't. Of course right. not. <laughs> but I'm going to talk to my mom generation. about that. <laughs> well, different generation. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you an embarrassing story. I'll make it quick. Uh, we got there and we checked into the hotel and uh, and uh, my buddy, he said, let's go down to uh, French Quarter. So we turned down Bourbon Street. Isn't that one of the, that's a big street, right? Yeah, that's it. So we yeah. go down Bourbon Street and then the, we're 16 and we're not even sure we're going to be able to get in a bar. But we came to the first one. The guy said, hey, guys, come on in here, blah, 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 blah. And we'd say, uh, 
Oh, I don't know. You know, his first place we'd run into. <laughs> and uh, he said, where y'all from? He said, we're from Knoxville. He said, you're kidding me. He said, I'm from Knoxville. <laughs> and, I, and I think, you know, I realized later he was from wherever he needed to be from. And he said, yeah, come on in here. And he never asked for a driver's license or anything. He took us in there. And we got in there, and everybody's sitting in the back, and it's a strip club. And, oh, my. And so um, my buddy says, well, we want to sit up front. And the guy said, okay. So he sat us up front, and, and we're up front, and they're coming out, and they're taking clothes off, but they never took everything off. And so my buddy started yelling, come on, baby, take it off. <laughs> and they had an intermission, and one of the girls got up there and, and uh, said, do you, said, do y'all have any questions? And I looked at my buddy. I said, boy, she's got a deep voice. <laughs> <laughs> and, and somebody in the back said, I know you're all men, but how do you do it? I looked at my buddy. And I said, let's get out of here. <laughs> oh, oh, God, that was embarrassing. Oh, I couldn't. Female impersonators, right? Yeah. 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 So what? Yeah. what is the famous bar there? Like Hurricanes or something? Or Oh, gosh, I don't know, Bob. Or, or maybe Hurricanes the to, drink. Yeah, you have to Google it, I guess. I, I know more about the food, I guess, than I do the bars. Because, you know. Once you start, it any all of them taste the same after a while. You know? <laughs> but, but that was pretty funny, and I was there for a United Way conference, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and I was supposed to be legit, and I had no idea what I was getting into. And I was, <laughs> wow, and it's a different place. Getting, yeah, it was. It, it, it's a different world. I couldn't live there, I don't think. And that's where that's where the patents are from, you know. Oh, that's right. Yeah, well, yeah. well, because Dad played ball for uh, the New the Orleans Saints. And, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so they, well, so it is what it is. All right. What's what's uh, we got another um, uh, letter in the mailbox? Yes, Kevin from Minneapolis says, "What's one thing you would do differently if you did your life over again, Bob?" Oh God. Just one thing now, not not more than one. One thing. So, am I going first, or are you going first? You're first, boss. Um, um, I think um, um, it's tough to pick one thing. Um, I probably, you know, when you are 18, uh, you think that if if I gotta have fun right now, because once I turn 25, I'm pretty much an old person. And so I need to, uh, you know, I, I have too much fun. And, when, and if I had to do over again, between 18 and 25, instead of thinking that's the only time in my life where I can have fun, I would uh, set myself up career-wise for the rest of my life instead of having to play catch-up later. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And that's very similar to what I'm thinking, too, because... I would apply myself to my grades and my school and, and, and my life more than I did because I was just out to have fun. Mm -hmm. I'm exactly right. I mean, that's all I wanted to do. Go to, go to country shows and have fun. So it, I guess it's, it's uh, you know, um, <clears throat> and I've tried later on in life to tell my kids, I said, listen, concentrate in your 20s on your career, what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Try to figure it out. 
And then I promise you, once you get your career going, you've got a lot of years to have all the fun you want to have. Yeah. You know, and, and you don't want to be uh, no career, married, kids, you can't rub two nickels together and wondering out what you're going to do the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Because th it's great to have kids and a wife, but what I'm saying is uh, the stress of finances or a financial stress on a marriage and everything is, is what probably the worst things you can do to a marriage. Well, yeah, that's one of the really leading causes of divorce. And we're going to see a lot more of that coming up because I think a lot of young people are going to be moving back with their parents again, like they did a few years ago. And that's mm. just, and that's unfortunate, but that's going to happen. But in my case, when, you know, I'll tell you what I did with my son. He, when he was at Sanford, I took his car away from him because his grades were so bad. I mean, this kid, here he is, a, a junior or a senior in college. Uh, but luckily, the car was in my name. And I, I took my daughter down there. We drove back to Knoxville. And he, for the rest of the year, he didn't have a car. Well, he, that, that's what his problem was. He was going out every night, and the guys were, he was taking everybody around. So that, that helped him do that. And then, and then after he got out of school and he realized what, what he'd missed, he went online and got his master's degree. Now, wow. <laughs> why couldn't you do that before? And that's the same thing with me, Bob. When I was in high school or college, it's just I did not care. I just really didn't care. It wasn't what, that wasn't what I was interested in. So but when it, you're young just, and immature, how do, you, how do you instill that into somebody that age of what this is what you need to do because they look at you going you know you don't know what you're talking about that's right you know mm -hmm. it's it's difficult and i don't know how if you can convey that to a young person and god i used to beat it in my kid's head you know get your career going before you got all the other stuff going so anyway i think that's interesting that we're both on the same topic and yeah we both thought of the same thing. isn't that interesting and we both had back surgery <laughs> I think it's a radio thing. Let's see. Um, all right, this is this is uh, the Ed and Bob show. Let's start some complaints. Ed, you're up. All right. Well, I think uh, now this is this is kind of an observation of a complaint, but I think I know this probably isn't a good thing to say, but I think the Democrats in this country are ruining the United States. There's there there seems to be a focus of they don't like this country or or maybe it's not democrats but there is a group of people who don't like the united states they just and they're in, they're in an area that they can do things about it and it, it's just i don't know why they don't like our country do you get that feeling too well i think uh i think a successful country like we have turned into because we don't we no longer work right we don't we don't make anything. We don't, you know, we don't do anything like that. I think a successful country starts imploding uh, from within, mm -hmm. and um, they, um, you have a certain people that say, "Well, I don't, you know, I'm successful. I don't give a damn about the country. It's all about me." Mm -hmm. And people, people don't realize once you lose your country. Hey, you go over to Ukraine. You lose your country. All right, Ed, I got a complaint for you. Red light cameras. Oh, boy. Yeah, red light cameras. I've said it a million times. Ed said it a million times. This is an unvoted on tax. 
and 90% of the money goes to some other country or some other state. It doesn't stay here. And we've, I still, the county has no red light uh, cameras, but the city does. And it's a money grab. It's, an, uh, it's, you be, it's you being taxed. And it was never, you never had the opportunity to vote on it. And I'm sick of them. I still can't believe we have them in the city of Knoxville. Um, you know, we finally got to where you didn't get a ticket for turning right on red. But red light cameras are a scam. I don't like it. And I think uh, if the city of Knoxville uh, knew what they were doing, they'd get rid of them. So that's my complaint. So, Absolutely. All right, Ed, uh, tell everybody how they can listen to this. All right, it's real easy. The Ed and Bob Show is available at edandbob.com. You can download the Apple Podcast app or TuneIn app. Search Ed and Bob. Be sure to subscribe. On your Alexa app, uh, set your Alexa skill settings to enable TuneIn. Then tell Alexa to go to TuneIn. She'll ask you what do you want to hear, and you say Ed and Bob Show. There you go. And if you want to complain or have a comment, surely nobody would complain about us, um, just go to the comment section at edandbob.com. You can email us at edandbobbyyahoo.com. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We'd love to have you follow us. And uh, there you go. I know it's a little bit of a longer show today, but I thought it was an interesting topic about surgery and back surgery and stuff like that. Any shout outs or anything from you, Mr. Brantley? No, I'm good this time, buddy. All right. What is our topic for our next show? Oh, you're going to love this one. What do you think is the real meaning and purpose of life? <laughs> well, it's just to make money, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> it, it's uh, it's uh, to uh, to uh, be married and have a bunch of kids. Yeah, be happy. <laughs> uh, well, we'll find out about it. That's coming up next time. Oh, okay. the real boy. You don't want to miss that one. Holy no, cow! You don't. <laughs> All right, Ed, good to talk to you. We had a great show, and I look forward to seeing you next time. All right, Bob. See you, Bob. How lucky can one guy be? I kissed her and she kissed me. Like the fella once said, ain't that a kick in the head? The room was completely black. I heard her and she heard back. Like the sailor said, Just like the fella said, tell me.